Hey everybody, we're the Consumer Technology Association. I'm Tyler Suters. We are the owners and the producers of CES, the largest, the most influential tech event on the planet. And we are here to help you get CES ready. The big show is January 7th through the 10th, 2020 in luxurious Las Vegas, Nevada. And today we are talking about a segment of technology that is seeing exponential growth right now. That is pet tech, the devices, the products, the connectivity that we're using to better understand and to help the lives of our pets improve as well. Um, so some forecasts, I wanna throw some data your way. From CTA, in the year ahead, that is 2019, CTA is seeing that revenue growth will jump 80% for this category. This is just in the US. And the number of products sold, unit products sold in pet technology will rise more than 60% in a single year. So a huge opportunity within technology. Today, we're talking to two of the innovators who are trying to make their names in this space. First, a company called Basepaws. Um, you know the company 23andMe? It's made a few headlines in the last few years. This is a company that refers to itself as 23andMeow. I'll let that tease hang out there for a bit. We're talking with the founder and CEO, who is relatively freshly off an appearance on Shark Tank. Also, a company called Petrix. This is an East Coast company out of the Carolinas that is focusing on you helping your pets live healthier lives, not just through connectivity. All of that is coming up on this edition of CES Tech Talk. Anna Skaya is founder and CEO of a company called Base Paws. And if you're a fan of Shark Tank, chances are you know her and her company, at least to some extent. And Anna, great to have you with us today. Thank you. Yes, so excited to be on the show with you guys. All right, we'll, we'll call that Shark Tank reference a deep tease, and we'll, we'll get to it in a few <laughs> minutes. But first of all, let's start about out with, with, with your background in the tech sector and how Base Paws came to be, because you've always been entrepreneurial and and um, at least in some degree, had your foot in a sector of technology that seemed to be growing, but you didn't really find your footing, so to speak, until you arrived at Basepaws. That's right. That's right. So Basepaws is actually my fourth company. Um, I've done startups in Europe for about a decade before coming onto Basepaws. I was the founder of a company called My City Deal, um, working for Rocket Internet in Europe. Um, sold that company to Groupon. Was the CEO of Groupon Russia. Um, and then went on to do a few more companies in the ad tech space and got a little <clears throat> little tired of getting folks to click on ads and really wanted to do something a bit more meaningful. Went, uh, went to Singularity University up in the Bay Area um, and got really, really passionate about this idea of genetics. Did my own 23andMe, oh gosh, in 2013 um, and found out some radical things about my own genetics that really changed the way that I, I, I viewed myself, um, both my ancestry and also my health, um, and got really excited about what genetics can do for myself and started looking around, poking around. You know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, so whenever I get excited about a technology, the first thing I want to do is get really deep. Uh, I don't have a science background, but that never stopped me really. So <laughs> started looking around um, and got really excited about the idea of taking genetics into something that uh, I was also really passionate about, was, uh, which was pets. Um, and, you know, it was really just a snowball effect of being excited about a new technology and, and really, really loving my own cat. 
Um, and that's how it all got started. <laughs> well, you touch on an important point, Anna, and that's one of the reasons clearly that pet tech is growing as a sector so rapidly is the fact that there is a passion among pet owners. And clearly you've tapped into that identification yourself, right, by your experience and why you got into this business? That's right. I mean, pets are now a full-fledged member of our own households. I mean, the number is staggering. Something like 70% of all American households have a pet. I mean, it is it is something that is hard to wrap your head around. And because of that, we feel really, really connected with our pets and all the new technology that is coming out, like sequencing, like the stuff that used to be so expensive, it is now available not just for ourselves, but for our pets too. So me, like any pet parent out there, of course, I want to bring all this technology and understand my my babies the same way that we want to understand ourselves. Exactly. Um, so one of the uh, catchphrases I've seen that you use describing your company is a reference to 23 and meow. I probably don't <laughs> I do. deliver it as well as you do. Um, but are, do you feel like you're following something of a model? Um, that's already established out there. And to that extent, are we seeing more of that in your in, in your view of the pet sector replicating success for some of the technologies, whether it's it's wearables or, 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 or the elements of connectivity that we do and enjoy for ourselves that we're now extending to these furry members of our family? Uh, I think absolutely. So to your point, yes, we, we sometimes do call ourselves uh, at least the, the cat part of our business, we are expanding to other pets, but mm-hmm. we call ourselves 23 and Meow, and we do own that URL. Um, and we, yes, we, we followed that model. We really value what 23 and Me has done for the genetic space. I mean, they are the pioneers. They have done an amazing amount of work um, making this a household idea. You know, you want to talk around the dinner table, you talk about 23 and Me, you talk about the work that they have done. Um, but yes, we, we really think that technology is transforming, you know, person-to-person interaction. It's innovating. Um, and of course, we think technology is transforming person-to-pet interaction and that relationship. And we really believe that uh, we, we are seeing the way that companies are working in the, in the human space. And we want to take that, um, that work and we want to bring into the pet space. And that, that works across uh, lots of different sectors. I mean, it definitely works across genetics. We look at what 23andMe is doing. And for example, they've taken their data and they've put it into their work with therapeutics. Well, there's no reason why we shouldn't be using the data that we're come, taking from um, the, our work in, in felines and putting that right back into feline research and, and pet drugs, which is exactly what we're doing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're learning from them. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about your Shark Tank experience. Um, (laughs) Not only did you did you come away successful, uh, I thought you walked onto stage with an awfully brilliant prop. Um, It was it was certainly an icebreaker with all the sharks. Right. Please. Please walk us through that. Sure. So uh, for those of you who have not seen the show, this is going to be, well, I'm going to tell you how it ends. Uh, I did walk (laughs) on stage with a cat. The cat did not behave. Um, (laughs) I wanted to bring on a cat with quotation uh, marks. I wanted to bring on on a bunch of kittens, to be honest. Um, And that was my original idea. My original idea was I wanted to bring on my own cat, dress her up as a shark, 
with in a shark costume, and I thought that was gonna just be, you know, it was gonna blow up the show. Yeah, yeah, because um, cats love to wear costumes, right? I, I mean, I, I well, I thought <laughs> I, I thought that was a brilliant idea, and you know, I bought the costume, I, I made my cat wear it, you know, I got all scratched up. I thought, you know, no big deal, price you pay for an amazing Shark Tank episode. Lo and behold, I found out that right before me, right before I go on stage was Goga. Have you ever heard of Goga? Goga is goat yoga. It's a bunch of goats dressed up in shark costumes going on stage <laughs> performing goat yoga in front of the sharks. They stole my idea. I was totally gutted. So I had to do something <laughs> I'm, else. I'm trying to imagine um, Anna the spike in Google searches for goat shark <laughs> costumes. It's uh, a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> clearly, clearly. It's a thing. Um, so yeah, so the the goats the goats stole my idea for dressing up my shark uh, my my cat in a shark costume. The next best thing was um, the producers suggested, uh, I think quite naughtily, that I would dress up as a as a cat and go on stage and pitch m- myself dressed up in a cat costume. Um, that idea did not go very well with my investors. <laughs> so the next best thing, um, uh, we, we found uh, a really nice soul that dressed up as a cat. Mm-hmm. We came on stage together. We pitched. Um, all of a sudden, like, I think all five of the sharks were excited. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we, we, we don't get to see um, the final cut, but to be honest, all five of the sharks were excited. It was a very, very exciting, long conversation. There was even a little bit of a cat fight between two of the sharks. At the end of the day, we got two of them to invest, both really, really strong sharks, two really awesome investors, very different. They bring two very different skills. Uh, Mr. Wonderful and Robert, uh, they come at, at the investment from two different angles. Mm-hmm. They've been, both been really helpful and successful. And, and actually, we walk away incredibly grateful for the experience. I mean, um, on our website, we even have Mr. Wonderful as an advisor. He promised that to us on the show that he would be an actual advisor, and he has been advising us. Um, I, I've had calls with him. He's He's been an incredibly great business advisor for us. He understands marketing incredibly well. I mean, this guy is sharp, sharp, sharp. And he got us into Amazon. Amazon has a really great program for young companies that are have high potential. <clears throat> Thank you. He thinks that's us. Um, <laughs> so he got us into a program called Amazon Launchpad, mm-hmm. uh, which is for companies like ours. So it, the Sharks, when they really believe in you, they go out of their way to really help you out. So I've been thankful for Mr. Wonderful for really believing us. He really likes this product. He talks about us a lot. Um, uh-huh on and off the show. Um, so yeah, it's been great. Well, another key proof point for for the baseball's company, and in, in the last year, is coming to CES 2019, right? I mean, minus the goats and the shark costumes. Um, <laughs> that is a trial by fire in a sense as well, right? You are exposed to uh, the place where technology business gets done, where you have the opportunity to make that synergy, um, meet the people who can who can make your company. You know, what an incredible opportunity it was for us to go to CES and not a very, not a show that we ever thought would get into and not a show that we thought would be so successful at. We gave away more merch, more cards. We got more uh, media attention from CES than any of the shows that we've ever did. Um, We were a different thing. We also had that cat. I mean, 
something to be said for standing out at CES. You've got to stand out. It's a really difficult show to stand out. And so if you find a way to stand out, it, it really makes a difference. I saw that cat photographed on Instagram for weeks after the show. <laughs> I mean, it snuck into so many pictures all, all around the world. Um, we had an incredible time. I mean, we literally, we came in there with boxes of merch and cars and we walked away at the end with nothing. We had our tablecloth <laughs> and that's about it. That's about all we had left at the end. Um, it was an incredible opportunity. We met... Uh, we got onto um, we got onto TV sh uh, radio shows in Australia, in Peru. Uh, we got onto media hits all around the world. There, we we ended up having sales in Japan. I mean, just completely uh, new markets that we would have never hit if it wasn't for CES. That great to hear, and 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 your enthusiasm is certainly infectious. Um, but it also is demonstrative of the sector as a whole, right? Uh, I mentioned earlier that um, CTA is forecasting um, almost exponential growth. I mean, more, more than double revenue growth um, and also product unit growth just from 2018 to 2019 in terms of the annual forecast that CTA does. Um, where do you see th this going? I mean, are we still on the annual hockey stick curve where it's continuing onward and upward, or do you see a flattening at some point? Just what's your five-year pr perspective for this tech sector? I mean, uh, I'm going to talk about pet tech in general. I mean, pet parents want nothing more than for their pets to enjoy a long and happy life and for that life to be together. And when you, when I was on the on the CS floor this year, I mean, the the amount of products I saw that spoke to that. I mean, litter boxes that I mean, they did everything but I think sing songs to their pets. I mean, <laughs> self cleaning, uh, better smelling, self scooping, a, an incredible amount of products that will just keep getting and better. Um, uh, RFID tags, microchips, uh, uh, so much, uh, and then a, a, a lot of luxury stuff that I've I've just started to see now that this high tech pet stuff that we are. I think going to see more and more over the next few years where um, money is not an issue anymore, where you have this level of pet parents where, um, I mean, you see that a lot in, in Los Angeles, but I think you're going to start seeing that across the world where um, you have pets that uh, nothing is going to stop a pet parent from buying that. Um, <laughs> you, you ha we have a lot of pets uh, that have anxiety and there's a lot of companies that are working a lot to alleviate anxiety that can be from um, things like CBD, it can be from things that are uh, robotic. I, I saw an enormous amount of robotics uh, around pet play that I just love. Mm -hmm. um, there are some, some amazing pet spa experiences that I saw at CES. I mean, I think we're just scratching the surface with some luxury things that I, I know this year is going to be some some really strong players in that space. Yeah, um, I, I'm unabashed so, to say that I love yes. my dog irrationally, Anna. There's <laughs> you know, not, irrationally, but I I mean I I don't I don't have kids yet, and so my 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 pets are my kids, and so I can really relate to like when when you say irrationally to me that like yes and no because I don't see it as irrational. I want my pets to have the best. And when I come across a product that, for example, my cat has anxiety. And if I can come across a product that can take that anxiety away from my cat, I don't have a problem spending money on it. I really want my cat to, to be calm. Uh, 
And if, if I can find a way for, and for like my, my, my partner's dog has, um, you know, is, is home alone sometimes. And I know there's products out there that are, that are really exciting for dogs that are home alone. So for example, there's like video game type of products. Um, <laughs> and that's incredible, a video game for a dog, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. if it solves a problem, it solves a problem. And it really doesn't matter if it's, if it's your, if it's your child, it doesn't matter how much it costs. Mm-hmm. So luxury so that, that's the kind of stuff that's out there right now that i'm really really excited about i know that uh, at cs it's going to be a thing um and that's the stuff that i want to go see i mean i'm going to be walking the floors this year looking for that kind of stuff because i know that there's a need for it and i know there's a market for it anaskaya is founder and ceo of baseballs and obviously a passionate advocate for irrationally loving your favorite pet and and a great conversation we got to keep this going please promise me you're going to join us again sometime absolutely thank you so much for having me on the show joining us now from wilmington north carolina a growing tech metropolis is edward hall he is ceo and president of petrix ed great to have you with us today Thank you for having me. How's the surf? Pleasure. How's the surf out on Wrightsville? Oh, it's it's good. The weather's been really nice out here. Can't <laughs> complain. <laughs> well, let's talk about this sector in general. We'll get to to Petrex specifically in a minute or two, but um, pet tech, for lack of a more nuanced term, is blowing up. Um, what's your quick thumbnail of the of the pet tech landscape, where it is right now, and what the most immediate next step is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so pet tech, in a, you know, the state of pet tech, it is growing for sure. And, um, you know, over these years, we, we had hoped it actually grow faster than it has, but, um, there's, there's definitely a few areas involved in that process, but it's definitely growing. And with the growth of the millennial, uh, generation, um, uh, becoming the dominant, uh, players in the pet ownership, um, uh, category, it's really helped a lot because obviously they're tech savvy. And they're, they are used to tracking health metrics, right? They're eating more organic foods because they grew up in the whole foods realm, right? So, um, and me as a millennial myself, I understand this. And, and so that tracking and having that data and anything that can help make our lives more convenient and efficient so that we have more time to do the things we love is really important. And obviously, and in my opinion, it's one of the most important things to think of when designing a pet tech product. Is this making things easier for them or is it adding a chore? So um, that's that's a really critical thing for the millennial market, for sure. So it sounds like much of the growth that, that you're looking at or that you expect is generationally based, right? It's less about the pets we have to some degree and, and, and more about what consumer attitudes are from an age demographic basis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, if you look at the baby boomer generation, and even when we were initially doing some discovery, and and um, they, a lot of them were like, "Well, this is how I've been raising my dog for thirty years. You know, we don't need tech, or we don't need these other specialized types of foods." It was pretty. It was pretty straightforward, um, unless our vets were like directly recommending something um, because of an illness or or what it might be. Uh, but more on the millennial side, um, it, it's definitely an area of interest for them. I mean, because especially with, you know, Apple blowing up so much and Samsung, this Android, iOS thing, and, and everybody's kind of tracking. The smartwatches are now growing, you know, so much where uh, I rarely ever see a regular watch anymore. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's becoming kind of a standard. And, and pet tech is going to become a standard. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's just a matter of when. 
Mm-hmm. And I think once the once the market can really start to understand, especially when you're looking at the retailers, uh, right now it's still pretty siloed. It's fragmented. You know, you got pet feeders on one side, you got activity trackers on another, you got safety products over here, you got things like Playdate where they increase activity. Um, you know, so but they're not really kind of brought together. And it's it's been one of the issues, and I've talked about it with some of my friends in the pet tech space, and and the retailers are trying to figure it out too because this is a big shift. And when you're talking about a traditional industry where their marketing and their promotions were around products that were typically cheaply made, right? And, that, and a lot of them were out of China. They come in, you got these little bowls and all this stuff, but now you're starting to add in tech. You're starting to add in you know, data tracking. Well, that's not something that they've ever been used to marketing. And it's not something of those price points also aren't something that they're used to. And uh, so that that really changes the strategy for these big guys, and it's going to happen. It's just a matter of how and when. So I think once they start to kind of figure out that strategy, how to market to the millennials, and and really get them in there, um, it's going to be important. And that also applies to the e-commerce side. I've noticed the same thing there. Categorization of products is really critical. And if you have to, if you're in a store, I'll give you an example. If you go into like a, a store and they do have pet tech products, a lot of times they're scattered. They might have like a feeder near the bowls and stuff, but they also might have a tracker somewhere else. And, and it's so there's no like, there's no location for them to go find that. And that can make it kind of difficult to even be aware of it, right? Because awareness is key in selling. So if things are scattered, they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and so by being able to have a better marketing presence, and I think Best Buy, uh, when they were doing the connected pet tests, um, I remember when I saw it, you know, and I saw PetNet and some of the others and, and PetCube, um, they were kind of hidden on a lower shelf in a corner. And I was like, oh, wow, they have a connected pet category. But nobody knew, you know, and it wasn't, there wasn't a sign. Sales reps weren't really talking about it. So there's that whole break there. Um, and, and once that starts to get figured out, I think we're really going to see this industry grow. And when the e-commerce sites are really starting to, point out that there's a pet tech category on their e-commerce store, um, that stuff will really make it easier for the consumers to find those products and discover new things that they didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. Well, really cool products. There's a ton of them out there. All right. And, and let's yeah. talk about those products, Ed, but specifically the technologies behind them. And before we do, probably need to step back for a second. For full disclosure, hear about your own personal pet history, right? There are dog factions and cat factions and iguana factions and, and never the twain shall meet sometimes so what, what, what's your perspective tell us about the animals you've owned yeah so i mean i've had dogs and cats um growing up my whole life uh currently i have a cat mm-hmm. i'm just so busy right now um i would feel guilty uh to have a dog at the moment and be gone all the time because uh, you know how loyal they are they wait for you yeah and yeah your uh, whole day besides <laughs> food so and I just to, don't want them waiting all day without me there. Yeah, and disclosing my own <laughs> um, perspective, our uh, golden retriever is sitting at home right now, missing me. I'm sure. I'm. She's on my screensaver, so I'm. You know, I, I'm neck exactly. deep. In, I'm neck deep in the ownership. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would feel guilty about that uh, right now, but I do want to uh, get a dog again. Uh, right now, I have a cat, um, which is a much more independent animal, right? So uh, that, that definitely is, is more favorable to my current uh, work schedule. <laughs> well, uh, across dogs and cats, and, and since you've had both, I think you're a great candidate to talk about this. What does pet tech deliver for you that's a bit of a crossover, whether you have a canine or a feline, right? What is that technology giving you as an owner 
um, that is such a big benefit that's driving the sector? I think, uh, you know, I think um, technology that help you manage your pet's health, um, identifying, uh, you know, if, if there might be some issues. Um, but, you know, you have things like Rover, which obviously help with the dog side. You don't, you're not going to see a lot of cat walkers out there. But uh, for crossover, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is, is in a, a management application side. You're starting to see some really cool apps that are integrating in with the vets as well, which, which adds some transparency and communication, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, the technology, I think when a lot of people think of technology, they think of physical products too. And obviously with CES, that's a big area. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also in the software side too. Um, but I'm, I'm, one thing that really I'd like to see with that crossover are these activity, um, toys, these interactive toys. So, you know, Playdate's one of my favorite that I've seen. And um, I just think it's really cool because you can drive this ball around and whether it's a dog or a cat, they're going to chase and play with it, right? And then you got the camera, you can see them. But what's really great about products like that uh, is it increases the activity. And right now, Petrix does a lot in nutrition. So we're looking at weight management, nutrition. We're doing food recommendation engines that we're building um, for vets and nutritionists and, and for pet owners. And so we're really heavy in the nutrition side. But a lot of that problem is it's in the weight management. And with this obesity epidemic and overweight epidemic that we have, where, I mean, I think it's 56% of dogs right now and like 60% of cats at the moment. The safety number is like 53% are overweight and obese, but um, it's very high, bottom line. And that research is showing it reduces the average life expectancy by up to two and a half years when they're considered clinically obese. Mm -hmm. So that's a really big deal. And these are our fur babies. We want them to live as long as they can, right? And if you can do things to get them in their weight zone, that's key. But if you're working, it's it's hard to do that. You might not be able to take them on walks as much as you need to, um, especially cats. And, you know, they're always, most of them are domestic, indoors. They don't do a whole lot. So, um, you know, having toys that increase or encourage this activity level is great. So if you do happen to see any toys and, and interactive things like that, uh, I highly, I highly recommend you know getting those, especially if you have a cat, uh, just because it will keep them active. They can hit their steps for the day in a sense, <laughs> um, and, and it'll help get them in their weight zone, but also keep an eye on how many calories they're intaking. So it's it's simple math, right? How many calories they take in and how many calories they burn. Right. Um, what about yeah. the what about the communicative element of of pet tech yet, and the fact that. Um, you, know, you can read the signs uh, that your dog is trying to give you, and you can read mm-hmm. books by the dog whisperer and, and try to understand the signals and the signs and, and the language that they use. But tech is another layer either on top of that or adjacent to that, right, that lets us know what our pets are up to, the things that they can't tell us that we can still glean based on this connectivity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so activity trackers are one of the vehicles in which we can really do a lot of that with. Unfortunately, we haven't seen too many activity trackers hit that have the, the sensitivity and bandwidth requirements needed um, in the technology to really get the behavioral characteristic talking about where we can actually flag them, right? Mm-hmm. And we can spot things like osteoarthritis becoming uh, onsetting, right? Stuff like that. Or we know the age of the pet and we know the likelihood that based on that breed, it should you know start to get this condition. Um, so, but I think, uh, I just saw whistle, um, uh, has their new version out and it looks like they're starting to track more. And I think I've seen a, a few other trackers pop up where they're doing claims on this, the sensitivity capability, which would unlock this, um, this capability to see a lot more of that data and provide that communication from pet to owner. 
right? And that was a big thing for us is, you know, early, early intervention and detection. Mm-hmm. Because when we're gone, we don't know what's happening. And, you know, I had an ex-girlfriend, uh, she, her dog started having seizures. And the first thing we took her into the vet, they asked, well, at least how often was this? And we're like, well, I don't know. We've been at work. Yeah. We just happened to yeah. catch it at night. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, they could be cluster seizures, right? Or they could, you know, there, there's all kinds of things that we don't know. So um, there's a lot of data that still needs to be tracked. And I'm hoping it will come about. Um, and I'm hoping that based on certain parts of the growth in pet tech, it doesn't discredit this category to the point where it makes it hard for companies and startups to come up in it and get investment that they need to create these innovative products that we really need to see, mm-hmm. right? So when uh, you mentioned, it, it can have that effect. Right. When you mentioned getting the investment you need, the attention you need, the, you know, the conversations that happen in the B2B space, uh, you're a CES veteran. Um, talk about your experience there and what has delivered to someone who is a CEO in an emerging sector within the tech market, right? Um, we think of the big picture right. emerging sectors like uh, self-driving vehicles um, and AI or voice recognition across all kinds mm-hmm. of, of, of categories. But this is a bit more specific. And um, what does that look like to you when you're at CES and have you seen it evolve? Oh, wow. Um, so CES was a blast for us. Um, it, it was so successful for us and uh, we, you know, we, we applied for, uh, to submit our product, uh, for a few categories and, and, um, the, the spaces and we, we happened to walk away with, um, the, the awards for, um, uh, tech for a better world and for, um, smart home. And these are the best of innovation our, awards. Yeah. Yeah. On the pet bed. Yeah. For the pet bed. Yep. And, uh, so we didn't win top of the categories for each cause each one has their, you know, their winner. Uh, but we were selected for each one of those as the honorees. And I think there's only so many per category that are provided. So mm-hmm. regardless, you know, we were so, so happy. Uh, first time at CES and, I was, and as a fan of CES, I watch it every year. And my first time being there, it was just phenomenal. And we actually had an opportunity to be on stage too and do, um, a, on a panel. And I, I got to speak with some other, uh, really great, uh, innovators and, um, so, I mean, CES was just phenomenal for us, and our booth stayed busy the entire time. Um, in fact, I met with some really high-up executives of multi-billion-dollar companies, um, and it was just, it, I, yeah, I, can't, I don't know another word than other than it was, it was amazing. <laughs> I was kind of dumbfounded at the reaction, um, and then being in the showcase and stuff, it, it was really great. So. so, what are you looking at going into 2020 as a game plan for Petrix, Ed? So we got a, we got a lot on our pipeline right now, um, and some really exciting stuff. You know, we have our mobile app to help manage the pet's health on iOS and Android right now uh, that people can download for free. And we really just wanted to give people a really good tool for that. But there's going to be some um, updates and features that we're going to be adding uh, to help with a, a lot more. Um, and it, it's really going to be exciting. And we also have. Um, can't really talk too much about it yet, but it's in the nutrition space, which is an area that really needs uh, some attention. Um, but it's it's going to change uh, a lot of how the industry um, it does nutrition mm-hmm. and looks at foods and adds transparency and accountability in the industry. So it, it's everything that it's needed. I can't really talk too much about it, but just keep be on the lookout. Um, it's really exciting, and we should be launching that soon. Um, it'll, it'll really be around a lot of the uh, the vets and nutritionists and, and pet care professionals to help with the pet owners. 
Um, so there's that. And then obviously, you know, working on this, this hardware for the uh, pet bed and the activity tracker side. And uh, we are looking at possibly uh, integrating with some other really innovative companies so that we can actually pr- help provide their technology to the consumers too because we are big fans and supporters of it. Mm-hmm. And really, if if they win, we all win in pet tech. And so, you know, this, the competing thing is it's not really conducive for everyone when we need to grow this industry together. So um, that's that's kind of what's going on, and um, really excited about it. And hopefully, you know, get these products out there as soon as possible. Hey, we really value a good marketing tease over here. So that's <laughs> it's great, great to hear the good things are on the way for Petrix. Edward Hall is CEO and President. Ed, great to talk to you, and go home and give that cat some attention. I will. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. All right. We are here to help you be CES ready. So make sure you subscribe to our CES Tech Talk podcast. That way you won't miss a single episode as you're gearing up for the 2020 show. We are on all the platforms where you expect to find a podcast. As for the big show, CES 2020. It is January 7th through the 10th in Las Vegas, as always. The information you need is at ces.tech. Now, none of this is possible without our true stars, executive producer Tina Anthony and our senior studio engineer, John Lindsay. You guys are the best in the business. I'm Tyler Suters. Let's talk tech again soon.